live from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, broadcasting from Alexandria, Virginia, home of our national headquarters of the Salvation Army in the United States of America, residing on the banks of the Potomac River. But we're recording remotely today, I think, all in our safe spaces. Once again, I'm confined to the basement Along with me, well, remotely, is our editorial director, Mr. Jeff McDonald. Jeff, where are you recording from today? From the uh, my second story of my house in Fairfax, Virginia, overlooking oh. some trees. So it's quite quite great to be able to work in this fashion, and it's great to be with you in this fight for good ongoing podcast we have. I do have two quotes, if I may, that are appropriate, I think, for our our podcast today. One is, all my efforts to go into creating an art uh, that can be understood by everyone. That's Henry Matisse who said that, Henri Matisse. And then George Orwell said, good prose is like a window pane. Hmm. You just, you just continue to pr- make, make me go, hmm, with all these <laughs> wonderful quotes. Well, first off, I I'm I'm so happy you're not in the basement. You're up in I know. seeing the sunlight yeah. and everything. Elizabeth, good morning to you. Our producer is here as well. How are you today? I am so super swell. Good. Well, we thank you for all that you're doing. Well, today, again, uh, we are glad that you've taken a few moments to uh, give a listen to our podcast as we're devoting ourselves to uh, our national publications, and in particular, uh, today's issue, we're, episode, we're, we're dealing with uh, one of our new authors, uh, contributing writers of The War Cry. And today we're speaking with Major Annalise Francis, who is the administrator and corps officer, along with her husband, Billy, of the Ray and Joan Croc Corps Community Center in Ashland, Ohio. And Major Annalise is our new uh, core value col- columnist in the war cry. And uh, we're so glad, Major Annalise, to have you in and, and welcome into our podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, including me in the war cry. It's been a, a wonderful experience so far. Well, we've really appreciated you taking on the duties of, of the writing for the column. And we know that you have a full slate on your plate right now with you and your husband uh, involved with the Croc Center there in Ashland, Ohio. And for our listeners and readers, uh, my our connection goes back a few years when we were uh, together on the training school staff of the College for Officer Training in the Western Territory. And you and I had the opportunity to team teach a couple of classes. You remember those days? I do. They were great days. And uh, 
you know, it's really a, it was really a unique privilege for me to get to have a couple of years to learn how to do something and then be launched out to do it on my own in the Salvation Army. That doesn't always happen as an officer. So I learned a great deal and appreciated the faith and trust that you put in me, sharing the class with me and journeying and mentoring me through it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a good memory. Well, we're we're kind of we got to have a few questions that we're going to throw at you today. And I think one of the first ones that we have for you is is how how did you become interested in writing? Gosh, I've been writing as long as I can remember. Um, there are a couple of punctuated moments that I can think of that maybe spurred me on um, to a, a deeper level or. A, with more challenge, I had a professor in college who um, every time you used a form of the word to be, she would circle it in your paper. And you were actually only, I mean, there's multiple page term papers. You were only allowed to use a form of the to be, uh, of the verb to be three times. Um, and so that really challenged me to think of more specific words and especially verb forms more descriptive ones, more concise ways to say what I um, really grasped the concept I was wanting to express. So that helped a lot. And then um, when I was in the training college, I had the um, opportunity to take a couple of courses with Lieutenant Colonel Henry Garropy. And he really encouraged me and, and um, encouraged me to attend the National Writers Conference um, as a cadet. So yeah. Your your writing in the War Cry under the core values column is really very well structured and your 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 logic is is very good and you lead the reader on and you make a good point and we know from our end in journalism that easy reading is a result of hard writing. So I we commend you for that and thank you for it. What has just could you let our our uh, listeners know something about your experience as a Salvation Army officer? Yeah, when I was commissioned, my husband and I were stationed um, to the New York Temple Corps on 14th Street in New York City. And um, our first year as the officers there, the Corps and the landing of Realton the Lassies was commemorating 125 years. So that was um, an amazing place to be. And they were wonderful and fruitful and sometimes stark and dark times, but um, gosh, we loved that ministry and learned and grew so much. And then we got to go from there to the Times Square Corps and be part of um, performing arts and and building a core community and a core family there. It was just an incredibly diverse multicultural expression and neighborhood expression, and we just had a wonderful time there. And then we got word we were going from Times Square to um, Los Angeles. So we got to serve in the southern, ter- the southern, the western territory, for for seven wonderful years, and um, had a real short stint at a corps in Long Beach, and then were on the training college staff, and just loved and grew in different ways there. And then we left um, Los Angeles, and here we are in Ashland, Ohio. So we've had a diversity of experience, but we've learned so much in every place we've gone along the way and formed wonderful friendships um, and been part of wonderful core fellowships too. Hmm. You know, it's the life of an officer is so very demanding and uh, 
you, you need to be versatile and respond to need where it arises and be flexible in appointments and moving. And, and still you're, you're practicing the craft of writing. And by the way, that advice about changing the verb to be is really, really very helpful. There's so many, it really is. There's so many tips like that. I remember there's uh, one advice is omit unnecessary words is another Mm -hmm. interesting advice, but um, it is a craft and we love to get submissions from folks like you out in the field who are, you know, on the front lines of Salvation Army work and ministry Mm -hmm. and, and knowledge. And uh, our task is to, you know, educate people at the army and to be true to the faith, uh, our faith in our, in our, in our communications. So how do you go about practicing the craft of writing? Do you use outlines? Do you do you have certain resources you depend on? And who are some of your favorite authors you use as guides? Yeah, well, I think I first um, really commit myself to prayer and meditation just for inspiration and initial um, guidance. You know, what, what, where to go, what to say, how to put the thing, these things together. And then as I, as I sense being given the direction inspiration, I have a file in my notes on my, on my iPhone where I start jotting down ideas and phrases. And I really allow my writing to percolate over several weeks. And um, if I'm having time with the Lord in the morning and I sense something that adds to that being given to me, I'll jot myself a little note. Um, if I come across readings or I remember something I've read in the past that really seems to resonate throughout my day or my week, I'll stop and jot a note. And then once I get to the place where I really feel confident the direction the writing's going to go, I do start to put together an outline. And I you know, do have some resources I draw from as I'm feeling them being given or remembering them. And uh, so a couple of those resources, I guess, are also tied to my favorite authors. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Henry Nowen and Richard Rohr. Also, Lynn Kohick and Aida Benson Spencer are big inspirations of mine. And I have this wonderful resource. It's actually put together by, it's a Methodist resource, a couple of Methodist authors named um, Reuben Job, and it's a guide to prayer for all who seek God. And there's several, a guide to prayer for all who walk with God. I think there's a guide to prayer for all who seek God. There's several different versions. Do you carve out a sp- certain time of day to write, or do you have a special place you go to to write, or how do you do that? Yeah, I, I'm an early riser. I find um, I have to get up pretty early before my whole crew in my house does to get some uh, quiet time to spend with the Lord and really meditate and think. And so some of it comes in those precious quiet moments. And as I said, I might be sitting in my office in the middle of lots of different things and suddenly have a uh, kind of an aha moment or something given. I'll take a minute to jot. Um, I think I find I end up doing my writing in, in moments on the weekend. And um, there's kind of a place on the side of my bed where I sit up against the bed and I'm not visible from the doorway. <laughs> and if my family's looking around the house for me and they walk in my room like, mom, are you there? And they know I'm kind of in my, <laughs> my zone. They're on the floor where you can't see me unless you're really looking for me. So it gives me kind of some quiet carved out space to do that. And now they know, oh, mom's writing and they'll give me some time to to work on what I'm working on. Hmm. Wow. 
That's great. Uh, yeah. So in your first uh, few core values columns, you you take off uh, from a couple of uh, words uh, whose meanings you describe from the original Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can pronounce these right, but what is a Shana Tova? Is that right? Yeah, Shana Tova. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Chesed is the other one? This is good. You've got to get that real guttural throat. It's a chesed. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thank you. So, um, but yeah, and again, I, I see in your writing, you know, you're, 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 you're committed to it because you obviously rewrite your work too. I mean, you edit, apparently you're editing yourself because it's very clean, which we appreciate at our end. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, do you, did you, do you have a background in Hebrew? Um I do. I, I had the opportunity in seminary um, to take Hebrew and also some um, kind of interp courses for Hebrew, interpretation courses for Hebrew as well. And I developed a real love and passion for it um, through the process. I got to study with Dr. Gary Pratico at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. He's literally the author of the textbook. So it was a real, a real treat to be able to do and learn from him. Yeah, that that word <laughs> meaning um, unconditional love, steadfast love. Uh, that's a that's a that's a beautiful piece you wrote about the, the that the love of God is something that is immutable in essence. Is that right? So it is. Yeah. And your inspiration there that the Lord was leading you to write that is clear, certainly. So thank you for that message. Um, but I do have to wonder, how, how do you see the Old and New Testaments uh, in relation to each other? Yeah, well, I'm actually going to piggyback on something my my husband would say, and I used to tell this to um, our Old Testament classes too, that if you pick up the New Testament and you thumbnail you know, kind of like a scratch ticket. I don't know if that's okay to say on this to talk about lottery tickets, but <laughs> yeah. you know, like a scratch ticket, you know, if you're to thumbnail the New Testament, the old is there underneath and you're never going to properly understand and certainly in most cases, not properly interpret the New Testament um, without really understanding it, the larger context that it fits in or how it's grown out of um the Old Testament and biblical history really helps us understand the progressive nature and the progressive revelation of God's um, salvation history. Where was where did all this start from, and where was it leading to, and where is the Lord um, trying to communicate and express His presence and its purpose and its significance to them as the history leads on and grows? Um, in his progressive revelation to his people, that he's trying to form this beautiful, all-inclusive community of loving persons who are restored who they were meant to be and are then sent out to be partners of restoration with him, of the the people and world around and all of creation, in fact. So it's hard to really get the global image or understanding of all of that without going from beginning through towards the towards the New Testament and then through the New Testament. Okay. I'm not going to hog the airwaves, Colonel. <laughs> You're doing so well. 
<laughs> but I, I would say, isn't it great that we have the living word and that God does speak to us through it? And, um, you know, that's the, your core values column is an example of that. Well, I can speak from personal experience when I would sit in the class and, and listen to major lecture, uh, her love for the Old Testament and her knowledge of the Old Testament. And that was very infectious, making sure that the cadets kind of understood the whole counsel of God's word. You can't have the the new without the old. And, uh, and it's the same thing. I mean, it always comes down to context and understanding our history, understanding where we've come from and, and where we're going. And to, to think about that, like uh, what are, uh, what are some ways major that you, you, um, you kind of use right now to communicate, through your writing, what are some impressions, like overall impressions that you're, you're sensing, uh, as, as you have this column assignment in front of you, what, what are some of the things on the, on the kind of on the drawing board for you to share? Yeah. You know, I've, I've often stop and think and reflect about this idea of core values and what are our core values as salvationists and what are our core values that make us God's own that makes us his children and citizens of his kingdom. And so those are some of the things I've sensed the Lord giving me to share what it means to be his child and ultimately find our identity rooted in him. And then how now shall we live? <laughs> right? How are we called then um, to live that out? Um, and, and we certainly do that in a unique expression, even within the Salvation Army. So wanting to communicate that. And then even as these days and looking and reflecting on the overall theme of the war cry for that month, wanting to be in line with that as well. Um, as I look towards the May issue, and I think it's so timely for us, is focusing on this issue of oneness, that we are one in Christ. Right? There is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if we're his children, then we are heirs of Abraham, um, of Abraham. We're children of Abraham and the heirs of all of his great and precious promises. And so um, as we look to May, think about the as we look at multicultural diversity um, in the face of, of human equality as the family of God, the universal family of God. So tell our listeners a little bit about what it what it's like uh, to be administrator of a Ray and Joan Crock Corps Community Center. It is a it is a party every day. <laughs> I mean, this, last, this last phase has been well, the last ten months has been a little different from that, but um, it's a whole lot of busy and a whole lot of fun. Um, again, even from this experience, I've learned and gleaned um, such a great deal, um, both for the first time being in a rural setting. Um, but also, uh, there's a lot to to juggle and balance and keep in mind, and wanting to um, lead with good good vision and sensitivity and integrity and bringing the whole together. But there's it's always a whirlwind of activity and and goodness. And we've been um, going through a, a little over twenty thousand square foot expansion. So going through the construction project process has uh, added a whole other dimension to that. And I've learned a lot through that process too, but it's wonderful. It's, it's a place where um, the whole community comes together. We have a pretty small city and we don't even have a movie theater in our, in our community. So 
Um, the Ray and Joan Kruk Center is a happen in place and a real beautiful resource and coming together point for the community. So it's been a special thing to be part of. Well, who knew that that Ashland, Ohio would be a trendsetter with, with not having movie theaters. We have movie theaters around us that are, that are closed, you know. That's so right. It's, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's, That's true. Well, I, I imagine with, with you and uh, Billy, uh, there's never a dull moment there. And uh, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled that, that you're at the helm and, uh, and doing what, what you're doing and then taking a few moments to kind of ponder and follow the impressions of what the Lord is sharing with you. And, and also, I guess, uh, um, kind of on a, on a, on a selfish side, but I think it's important for us as officers when we've been gifted with uh, abilities to be able to write or to be able to think things out that, you know, we have those kind of opportunities to keep sharing. And so I hope that as you're taking on the core values column this year, uh, that, that you'll embrace that opportunity and that God's uh, you'll continue to lean in and listen really, really closely for what the Lord is telling you, because I think our readers are really benefiting from what is on your heart and what you're sharing with us. Yeah. Thank you. And um, just before we began, I was chatting with Jeff and Elizabeth and saying it's, it's good because in the busyness of officership and, um, having a wonderful family, uh, it's hard to carve out the time unless, you know, you have a deadline or a due date or a specific thing you're working on. So it's been good for me, I think, to have to do that. And I've really um, enjoyed it. So yeah, I appreciate that. I have to ask both of you. I mean, here's Colonel Foley, who started the first Croc Center, along with his wife, uh, Colonel Cindy Foley, out in California. And now you're in the Croc ministry. How is this... How is this... um, say, uh, advance the Army's mission, and given the uniqueness of the Croc Centers? I think there's, what, 26 across the country now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, there's 26. And I'll, and, I'll, I'll defer to Major first. <laughs> okay. Okay, that sounds good, and I'd love to hear you too. And actually, I it is a great benefit to me um, to have the Foley's as a resource, and certainly... Um, I've heard them share the story of how the first Croc Center came to be and um, the initial heart and intent and vision and, and how it um, fulfills our mission. So that's been real helpful for me coming into this role. Um, but we have, uh, during normal times, um, hundreds of people coming into our building all of the time and um, we're a real centerpiece in this community. And, and, you know, we have a seat at so many tables in the community. And so I think it's the sky is the limit. It's just rife with opportunity. Um, we get to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people all of the time. Um, and we're intentional to keep that at the heart of what we do. But also this idea of meeting human need in his name without discrimination. Um as you look at kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have a strong social services presence here in Ashland County, but also um, there are some really important needs in communities that there's not a lot of access to things to do or opportunity or vision for the future or something beyond 
what they've only ever known in a small community. And so um, meeting people's emotional and social needs and, uh, and a vision for the future, I think, is a big part. Building their capacity, I think, and having this amazing um, facility and resources to do that and build that for people and young people, I think, is uh, so valuable and so much at the heart of what we do um, of not just relief work, but developing work, kind of development work and, and setting a different path for, for people. Well, Jeff, for me, um, this year will mark the, the 20th anniversary of us receiving the appointment to go and uh, get, get the Croc Center we weren't responsible for the construction, but we were responsible for all the, the infrastructure the, and getting it off the ground and going. And, you know, there's lots and lots of stories and lots of uh, good and bad with all of that. And, of course, uh, Joan Crock was still alive when we were uh, in, in these initial stages and lots of, lots of unique kind of funny and inspirational sort of things. But, you know, the basic premise was we must have done something right because she, you know, left almost $2 billion for the Salvation Army to, to build more of these. So, you know, that was pretty confident with that. But I would just say briefly, there's two things. One for me was it was an opportunity uh, for us to uh, consider uh, different methodologies, but keeping the heart of the gospel at it. Uh, a major Annalise will remember uh, that we had, I think it was about 10 different cadets that came to us at the training college that had been touched and been came through the Croc Ministries um, over the years. And in fact, we have, uh, we have one couple that came from the Croc Center in San Diego and uh, the Rose, uh, Dusty and Carolyn Rowe, who were our, our DYSs when my wife and I were in uh, San Francisco together. And, and they're running the Croc Center in Phoenix now. So it's kind of unique to kind of see, you know, people coming full circle. But I think that the basic premise uh, with, a, uh, with a Croc Center is what people need to do everywhere in the Salvation Army. I don't care what the size of your community is, whatever it is. Now more than ever is uh, the opportunity to engage and, and walk through those doors of opportunity that are that are uh, in existence right now. Because of where the Salvation Army is, uh, we're positioned very, very well with what we can do through COVID, what, what's going to happen after COVID. Um, you know, the, I know there's a lot of controversy, and I sit as a liaison right now at National Headquarters to the CROC uh, Committee, and there's all kinds of different things that they're dealing with, the educating of administrators, the educating of the Salvation Army in itself, and the Croc Centers in 2022 will have celebrated 20 years of ministry. Uh, it's something for us to celebrate, but it's it's one of many unique ways that the Salvation Army gets the message of the gospel across. And we're grateful for people uh, like yourself. Uh, Major Annalise, and, and also with Major Billy, uh, with your passion and your love for the Lord and your love for people and what you're doing in your current ministry there in Ashland. Just wondering if um, if there's anything else you would want um, the readers of your core value column to, to know about you or, or kind of like uh, an, an appeal that you may have for them. I, th I think the core of who I am is, you know, I'm 
I was, I was born Annalise, and I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And um, I want to live my life to know him and to follow him and to serve him wholeheartedly. And um, what you see is what you get. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, work hard to, um, as much as I can, by God's grace and help, to be, be pure hearted and to um, give my all to him each and every day, whatever that looks like today or wherever I'm living or whatever my ministry is and um, be before my children and before my wonderful husband, Billy. And so um, at the end of the day, I, you know, just really want to, to love him and serve him um, wholeheartedly. I think that's such an important word. It's emphasized over and over again in scripture. Um, And this world has certainly felt like a complicated place this year and even in recent weeks. Um, but, but the best we can do, or the best legacy we can live is to love God and to love his people and his world. And so that's what I strive for every day, um, the best I can. And I'm certainly um, a lover of God's word, an earnest, an earnest student of scripture and want to continue to, to dig and delve into the, the deep mysteries that lie within. There's always um, incredible depths to plunge and discover there. And so I'm hoping um, my column will strike a chord of those core values within us and also inspire others to um, really want to dig further into his word and what it means to be a follower of, follower of Christ and a follower of Christ within the Salvation Army. Well, we share your passion. That's the motivation behind our work in communications through the War Cry and other media, including Peer, our magazine for the Gen Z generation. So we share that passion, and we and that passion of yours is evident in your writing. So we look forward to continue, continuing the journey with you as you continue to contribute to the ministry of the War Cry. Thank you. Jeff, and I might might point out too to our, our listeners that uh, Major Annalise, your husband, Major Billy Francis, is uh, an ongoing contributing writer for Peer Magazine. He's uh, putting, we're, we're using his knowledge of church history and he's writing it in a way that the Z generation is captivated by it. And we're grateful for that as well. Yes, that's that. That's good. He's um, a great writer, has a great mind, but he's a lot more fun than I am. So he's not a good choice for that. <laughs> well, you, you, you counterbalance each other. So it's, 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 it's good. We, we get that. Well, we thank you for your authenticity. We thank you for uh, your receptivity of, of really listening to the heartbeat of God that you've taken on this assignment. And we, we look forward to uh, uh, future columns that you'll be sharing with us. And so we encourage our, our, our listeners to look up Major Annalise's writings and you'll see her on the, the Warcry, uh, the warcry.org. And you'll, you'll see the core value section. Um, so thank you, uh, Major, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, too, for the wonderful privilege and opportunity it is to to be part of sharing God's word in this unique way and this incredibly historic way, even as you've highlighted this month in January. It's just amazing to be part of this cloud of witnesses. So thank you. Well, that's going to be the end of this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And don't forget to follow the Warcry and Peer magazine on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us online at www.thewarcry.org and also at www.peermag.org if you would like to read our, our, uh, our issues for free. They're right there for you. You could always subscribe uh, as well and have, have these magazines come to your house directly. Well, until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.